If you're an HSP, a highly sensitive person or an empath, leading your business, your movement or your mission was probably pretty overwhelming before the big shift in our world. And now you're likely experiencing sensory overload at an unprecedented level. But I'm here to tell you this sensitivity can actually be your superpower in business and in life. Listen in to this episode of I Am Vibrant to learn how. Dr. Elaine Aaron first coined the term highly sensitive person, an HSP, and described it as somebody who processes sensory data exceptionally deeply and thoroughly due to a biological difference in his or her nervous system. Judith Orloff calls empaths emotional sponges. But whatever definition or description you align with, as an energy being who feels emotional energy in an intense way, I'm here to say that when you learn to direct and use your empathic abilities in your favor, it can not only expand you, it can serve the betterment of all. It can change our world. I'm Leah London. If this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm an energy and capacity coach, and I help you, the entrepreneur or the business leader on a mission, learn to tune your energy, direct your frequency, align with your divine purpose internally so that you can create abundance in every way externally. Here's the thing. We get, as energy beings, we get what we feel. And as an empath, though, you might feel everything and not really know how to direct that energy. And that can leave you feeling very muddled, confused, like everything's just a big entanglement of ideas and options and uh, quite overwhelming and cause you to actually procrastinate and just not take steps forward with your business. But truly being an empath can be your superpower. And It does require you to prevent or get yourself out of burnout because what burnout is, is really stuck life force. It's stuck energy. So burnout, self-sabotage, trying to do your business in this struggle and hustle and push way is the worst recipe for doing business for an empath that I can imagine because we get what we feel. So you can turn this around, but it does require approaching leading your business in a way that welcomes and honors and goes in the flow of your high sensitivity. So right now, if you want to just fast forward, jumpstart to a higher vibration, you can download my best burnout recovery routine. It's a daily routine of how to do exactly that. And I'll drop the link right in our show notes. It is a bitly daily best burnout recovery routine. And I hope you do that, but I also hope you keep listening because there's much more to know about using your empathic ability as your superpower. So it's suggested that empaths lack the filters that most people use to protect themselves from excessive stimulation and that empaths avoid taking in emotion and energy from do that in order to avoid taking in emotions and energy from their surroundings. Well, first of all, the whole concept of that, the protection, the barrier, what's another word for that? It's block. 
So if you're blocking energy so that you don't take in emotions and energies, you are also blocking your own expression. You are blocking your energy circulation. And this is the recipe for burnout and for being stuck. It's difficult, though, because empaths, when you do allow the energy to come in, it can lead to a number of unique sensory experiences, and they might not always be pleasant or enjoyable. So here's some signs that you could be an empath. If you tend to be uncomfortable with crowds or dislike being in crowds, and you feel deeply tuned into the feelings of others beyond empathy to a state where you sense and you feel those emotions as if they are your own. And in crowded and busy places, you could even feel like physically unwell and experience headaches or lightheadedness or nausea or other physical symptoms, then you're likely an empath. You're likely an empath if you feel very sensitive to sounds or smells or sensations and you have a difficult time around strong fragrances or odors or like loud TV or bands or music or media bright lights, bright signs. Also, empaths tend to dislike conflict and often will actively seek to avoid or at the very least dread any kind of contentious situation. Disagreements and arguments might feel very overwhelming for you because you're trying to soothe the feelings of everybody involved, which of course is impossible. Empaths it, take criticism very personally and can get really hurt, especially by your own self-criticism. And you might tend to do that a lot, be in the, the place of self-criticism quite a lot. Empaths also can feel very overwhelmed by closeness or empathy from others and avoid or limit the number of intimate friendships and relationships, as well as go into sensory overload when... Others who talk or touch too much around you uh, or are very loud in their communication, that might kind of cause you to withdraw. So you keep relationships at pretty much a surface level rather than real deep and intimate. You definitely would see a reaction in yourself if somebody's like touching too much or getting too close or talking too much or talking too loud. Empath, you may also want to help others, whether it's possible or not, and find it very, very difficult to watch someone else struggle, even a stranger. You tend to jump in, often uninvited, by the way, to help another, even when it's unexpected, unnecessary, or unwelcome. And likewise, you may have a hard time setting boundaries in relationships and subconsciously feel like, Boundaries would suggest that you don't care or you're not a good person. It's very important to you that others know that you care. So it becomes really difficult to say no to things as well. If you're an empath, you may be in a career or a role of caretaking or healer and find yourself susceptible to compassion fatigue or burnout. So coaches, this is you. Um, Social workers, this is you. Nurses and doctors, Physician assistants, this is you. That's, that's not an uh, all-inclusive list. But if you came into a healing role and then you're feeling these other things I'm describing, it's more confirmation of, of most likely being an empath. And that, that feeling of wanting to be a caretaker is not limited to your career. Empaths are great listeners. You may find others really drawn to just tell you 
all their problems, their whole story, everything, all the time, wherever you go, people are wanting to uh, bend your ear and just share all of these things. Empaths can also find it difficult to relate to others and feel like you don't fit in, generally speaking, and due to your sensitivities. You may fall into people-pleasing or perfectionism more frequently than others in an attempt to be accepted and to feel like you belong. You see the world in a unique way and you often feel misunderstood or like you're picking up on things that nobody else sees, which can feel really lonely and different, like you're different and and cause you to be disengaged or be frustrated that others don't really get you. You may also find it difficult to make your point when you're communicating with others because you have such a strong desire to help and care for others, you over-explain and try to account for everybody's perspectives and generalize to the degree of not upsetting anybody, but also actually not expressing your true sentiments. And you might tend to isolate in an attempt to recover from overwhelm and protect yourself from intense energies. Empaths can take compassion and understanding beyond healthy boundaries and fall vulnerable to manipulation or toxic behaviors, you might find yourself more susceptible to blindly supporting causes and following movements uh, and and maybe forgetting the the original intent. Um, You can feel extreme guilt and responsibility for social issues at large that are really not personal to you at all. And another extreme example of of the over-caring a very extreme example of the overcaring of empaths would be Stockholm syndrome, where the hostage begins to have sympathy and empathy for their captor. So all of these, if you're nodding, if you feel that knowing yes inside of you, are indication that you're an empath. But I'm really here to turn the definition and the perception of empath on its on its head because. We have perceived as a society empaths as difficult or maybe unfocused or too emotional that they couldn't possibly be running a business or being successful uh, in society. And I'm here to flip that around and say that we are energy beings. So what I believe is that actually we are all empaths. Empath is our natural state. And yet, like all things, because we are moving fluid energy, many of us, all of us are at different stages of exploring our empathic ability. And that can range from on one end of this continuum, completely shut down, I don't even feel my feelings, all the way to the other, the other end where you're feeling every feeling, and it's distracting, and it makes it difficult for you to gain traction in your business or your company or your career. And yet there's another place on this continuum. And that is a place when you learn to feel all that empathic information and direct your frequency to create more of what you truly do desire. Because after all, we get what we feel. We attract what we feel. We create what we feel. When you can direct the emotion not by blocking out all emotion, letting all emotion flow, releasing the undesirable and focusing on and directing the desirable, then you are the powerful creator 
that you are made to be and doing it from the very essence of your nature, which is empathic awareness of energy. So I'm going to talk multidimensional as I always do. Here's some root causes of being empathic, even though uh, I just said very clearly it's our nature. Some are, and you are, if you're listening to this, you likely are one of those people that feels the empathic nature more strongly and maybe in a way that is not productive and is even stressful and painful for you. So know that there are some root causes and we're multifaceted. So I'm going to talk about it, body, mind, soul, et cetera. But um, the experience of being empathic, which is really a better way to say it to me than empath, like a label, I'm experiencing empathic energy. You might wonder, well, what causes me to experience stimulus in this way so deeply? Well, first of all, let's talk physical. In the field of neuroscience, neuronutrition, recovery, addiction, being empathic is seen very biochemically. I can say it in a sentence, low serotonin combined with low endorphin levels. That could have you experience all those things that I shared as signs of being an empath. You may be amazed at how restoring these levels of serotonin and endorphin, some of our feel-good brain chemicals, can absolutely change what you once considered a personality trait or, or an emotional state. Sensitivity to light, noise, fumes. Well, that's a classic symptom of adrenal fatigue. So here's another biochemical explanation. Pyroluria and certain gene mutations like MTHFR can also wire someone for emotional sensitivity. And even in brain function itself, we can see signs of what would contribute to, you know, looking like an empath. The, the parietal lobe of the brain is responsible for directing our senses and processing sensation. And if this area of the brain, if the function is compromised, by any number of things. It could be lifestyle habits. It could be poor nutrition. It could be genetic problems or brain injury or trauma. Then the result can be oversensitivity, especially to light, to touch, or to sound. There's also our anterior cingulate gyrus, the ACG. And when the activity there is too high in that part of the brain, an individual can get stuck in worry and rigidity. Elevated levels of stimulus then, like loud people, crowds, high emotional energy can add to the tension as one attempts to appease and include the opinions of others and feelings. And if this is occurring, you might be struggling with shifting attention. You become like hyper-focused on something, maybe even one of those social issues that I mentioned, and then get stuck and experience rigidity or feel oppositional and argumentative and compulsive and hold grudges. And actually be missing present day right now life. Surprises then or unexpected events or outcomes become increasingly difficult to navigate and feel emotionally heavy or taxing. And it's one of the reasons that the experience of empathic energy increases risk of addiction as, as, or compulsive behavior because then people are prone to turn toward a substance or an activity or a behavior or a food to numb the intense sensory experience. So what if empath is physical and biochemical? 
Well, most likely it partly is. But what about the mental factors of being an empath? Well, mentally based, you may have learned from a very young age to hold certain thought habits and subconscious beliefs of a self-critical or a self-defeating nature. Your biochemistry may have caused these types of thoughts, but it also can be programming. Thoughts generate emotions, and this type of thought, when practiced habitually, repetitively, and often subconsciously, can create a highly triggered and emotional overstimulated state. In some cases, these thoughts and beliefs were directly instilled by what an adult, maybe your parent, maybe an older sibling, told you as a child, but in, mo- in a lot of other cases, maybe even most cases, these thoughts and beliefs were indirectly instilled simply by sensory perception of events going around, going on around you during childhood. Although the specific thoughts and beliefs vary, in my experience in coaching thousands and thousands for well over a decade now, if I if I incorporate my leadership development training uh, more than two decades, what I see the three most common categories of these types of self-critical thoughts that put people in a uh, vulnerable and highly triggered emotional state are thinking, I'm not enough, I'm not lovable, or I can't have what I want, or I'm so different that I just I'm not accepted. I don't fit in. And this is reiterated in my training in hypnotherapy and RTT as well, that these are the the main core imprints and subconscious beliefs that become practice thought habits, thoughts that you think habitually, that increase sensitivity. And it might make you more emotionally sensitive because the environment and the events around you appear to prove these beliefs. Now, there's also emotional factors of being empathic. Emotional trauma is a very common experience for humans, yet it tends to be downplayed in our society. The ANS, autonomic nervous system, is a part of the brain and the nervous system that's responsible for your body's automatic functions like breathing and blood pressure, things you don't have to think about to make happen in your body. And when you experience a trauma, any kind of trauma, it doesn't have to be the capital T, it can be lower level traumas, a large amount of stress, or an event that you don't understand. Simply not understanding something that's happening around you as a child is a form of trauma and you start to feel helpless about it, then the ANS records and stores this emotional conflict and sends traumatic impulses to your sympathetic nervous system, which triggers fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And this process, no matter if it's something recent or if it occurred long, long ago, it codes an emotional tolerance set point that can be highly sensitive to the outside stimulus. In other words, due to past traumas, your nervous system can literally be programmed to react strongly to the energy of situations, which triggers the stress response and causes you to experience all of these signs that we're calling empathic. And individuals with a hyperstimulated ANS may also find it difficult to express how they feel and to communicate their thoughts to others, which really exacerbates it all. 
Now, there's also spiritual factors of being empathic. An often overlooked perspective of being empathic is that energy sensory skills are necessary for reaching higher vibrations and higher consciousness. Let me repeat that. Energy sensory skills are necessary for reaching higher vibrations and higher consciousness. Most of all this, most if not all of the spiritual light anchors of our world are highly empathic. Which here I am flipping the view on this, right? Highly empathic means you have strong intuition, pick up on subtle clues. Some could call that impulsive because you're not denying your intuition, but you're not denying your intuition. It's a powerful compass. You have the ability to sense energy strongly. And when you learn to circulate it, transmute it, you're actually transmuting density of our planet into light. So I invite you to consider the energetic tension that you might feel as an empath is simply a sign that you're not circulating the energy that you're aware of. You're not transmuting density fast enough. And once you learn to do that, it's going to be your greatest spiritual gift. Empaths who learn to hone and direct their sensory ability often become known as psychics, intuitive healers, medical intuitives, channels. So whatever the causes of your experience of empathic energy, and it's likely all of those things, biochemical, mental, emotional, spiritual, when you learn to deal with it, it really can be your superpower. It can guide you in your business. It can guide you in your life. It can help you serve as a source of light for others, and it can do it in a way that doesn't result in you burning yourself out. So how do we deal and make being an empath a superpower? Well, first of all, I talked about the continuum earlier. First of all, you have to feel the emotional energy. If you're blocking it and cutting it off, then you're cutting off the possibility for this to be a a spiritual experience for you. So you have to learn to feel we are energy beings and that is our nature. We are meant to feel this energy. So you have to open yourself up to feeling emotion again. And no, that's not always going to be comfortable. But think of emotional energy as information that can help and start practicing using the term I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing resentment. I'm experiencing jealousy. I'm experiencing pain. I'm experiencing hurt. I'm experiencing disappointment. Just that simple insertion of the word experiencing helps to create some distance so that you know that you are not that emotion. You are not hurt. You are not pain. You are experiencing it. It's temporary. It's an emotional state that will like all emotions, rise and fall, ebb and flow. Once you can start to feel all of the feelings, not just the pleasant ones, 
feel those unpleasant feelings long enough for the emotion to actually expand you and your capacity, which means feel it long enough that you learn for yourself to know something is to be it, to learn it is to experience it so that you learn that feeling for yourself and you learn that you can get to the other side of it. You learn that you can rise above. You learn that you can allow it and you don't cease to exist. The world doesn't stop spinning. You go on. Life continues. Because when you learn that through the experience of it, then you can begin to separate. You can grow capacity and capacity definition, separating how you feel and what you do, separating the emotional energy that you allow in from how you choose to respond versus react to it. And then you can release. So we have to feel, we have to feel long enough for the emotion to expand us and then release. The release is the transmutation. Release the undesirable or the unproductive so that you can tune in more clearly and focus more clearly on the vibration of your choice, the vibration that creates what it is you want to create. Because we get what we feel, we attract what we feel, we create what we feel. So here's some daily strategies. Here's actually, I'm going to cover a few different aspects of strategies to begin embracing and guiding your empathic ability. As an emotional sponge, you will now take in the energy of your surroundings, but you won't hold on to it because what if a sponge just keeps taking in water, taking in water, taking in water, and nobody ever wrings out that sponge? Well, it's obviously going to become completely overwhelmed with water. And this is stuck energy. This is burnout. If you don't like that word, um, because a lot of us have been imprinted to deny a word like that, um, it's energy suspension. It will stagnate and constrict you in every way unless you learn to circulate the energy to purge and to circulate the energy. So whether it is right now, if your perspective is just, I'm doing this so I can learn to tolerate difficult situations in life right now, or difficult people or events, and there's plenty of that going on, this will be helpful. But also if you're making the internal intentional decision right now to sharpen your empathic skills, your intuitive skills, your ability to read and take a, um, uh, a lesson out of emotion, a message out of emotion, then there's a lot of different things that you can do. Starting first, this is, this is the deeper work. This isn't a one minute thing, but healing is essential. Healing on a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual level. And oftentimes the most ambitious leaders, and I years ago resembled this remark quite a bit, the most ambitious leaders will want to blow by physical issues and trauma issues and things like that. And just keep moving. Don't look down, keep myself distracted, keep my nose to the grindstone. We have all those societal expressions and that suspends energy that stagnates energy. So instead explore every physical imbalance that you have and return yourself to wholeness physically. And this could be 
neurotransmitter depletion, brain chemistry depletion, like I talked about in the beginning, serotonin, endorphin. In the show notes here, I'll drop our free self-scoring assessment of that. You'll know right away by taking it, the higher the numbers, the greater the depletion. Explore that, explore hormone imbalance, explore why you're carrying extra weight and release it. Weight is stored emotion in physical form. It's just manifested in physical form. Adrenal fatigue, the compromised brain function, all those areas that I mentioned matter. Then also spend the due diligence to heal emotional root causes of sensitivity by healing your trauma, doing shame work. Um, Shame is almost always a factor in somebody who's experiencing people pleasing or perfectionism. I use a lot of different modalities to release that shame, uh, to help my clients release that shame from the RTT hypnotherapy I mentioned, EFT, EMDR, there's CBT, equine therapy, lots of somatic therapies. My point being, do the work, do that work, because it will absolutely help you take your empathic ability to be a superpower versus a a hindrance. Then set up your day in a preventative or foundational way to be successful, even in the presence of empathic energy, because you know it's going to be there. Eat what I call feel-good foods, nutrient-rich feel-good foods, and avoid the ones that sabotage your mood, your brain, your energy, because this will keep you grounded and non-reactive. So avoid the sugars, the caffeines, the processed foods, the glutens, the things that keep you reactive and eat the nutrient-dense real whole food of the earth. Spend time daily in natural settings, free from overwhelming sensations, sounds, and emotions. It's the most nourishing time when you can get out in nature, especially in solitude or solo time. I call it vitamin U. And even see if there's a way you can at least part of your day work outside. Keep up with your exercise. Exercise boosts that endorphin and serotonin we spoke of, and it's it's a great stress relief. I also highly recommend near-infrared saunas. Heat and sweat is a physical purge that really represents the energy purge that happens at the same time. And have a solid plan for for additional physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, daily self-care rituals. These are non-negotiables. An empath cannot go out into the day without these practices. And then design your day and your, in a way that you can exercise your freedom of choice to set up boundaries and environments that, that serve you. As an example, if there's individuals you know you have to interact with, but they drain you, find a style of contact, a duration of interaction that works for you. Maybe you text instead of call. Maybe you limit the calls to a certain amount of time. Maybe when you meet in person, you limit it to a certain amount of time. But plan this all in advance. This is part of the motivation for my creating the Inspirement Life Planner because it's a way to direct your focus, plan for it, and stay organized in advance so that you don't overschedule yourself. Because for empaths, less is more. Don't overschedule yourself if you're empathic. And that truly is a gift. And it's part of the superpower is that when you realize that and you proactively stop overscheduling yourself, you will choose the priorities. You will choose the 20% of activities that make the biggest difference in your business, in your success, in your fulfillment, in all of it. 
Now, throughout the day, so you set your day up the way I described. Throughout the day, practice your parasympathetic nervous enhancers every time you feel the stress level going up. Every time you feel the tension, you want to do something that switches your brain's autonomic response habit from back to from sympathetic back to parasympathetic. So there's all kinds of parasympathetic nervous enhancers, deep breaths, um, moving your body, do a yoga stretch, step outside like we talked about. Breath work is wonderful. And you can actually use these as rituals at the start of the day, or you can use them in like a one minute miracle approach. Like this tense thing is happening right now. And I'm going to do four deep breaths to bring my focus back to the vibration that I desire and to switch to my parasympathetic nervous enhancer. And as an empath, somebody who is experiencing empathic energy, you will have to do this more than it se- more often than it seems like other people will. But really, they're probably just on the continuum more toward closed off than feeling their empathic energy guidance. So I'm going to give you also a link. We have a free guide that's aligning your vibration with your desires. And I'll drop that in because it gives you lots of little ways to do that throughout the day. Then when a specific negative or stress energy is coming at you from somebody else, envision that energy, just stop, pause, return to breath, envision that energy as a white mist. Instead of allowing it to get stuck when that white mist comes at you, instead of allowing it to get stuck and build up in your body, visualize that mist actually passing all the way right through you. Survival for empathics. Employ breathe breaks every 90 minutes to recharge your battery. So don't wait for that tension to come at you or the negative energy or stress to come from something. Just plan every 90 minutes of the day, taking five, 10 minutes to recharge your batteries and do any one of these practices that we've already talked about. It takes you, it's a, it's a recess in your brain from the responsibility. And it allows you to really recharge your prefrontal cortex, your thinking focused part of your brain so that you don't shift into the reactive part of the brain. So whether that's a walk outside, like I mentioned, meditation, breathing, um, do it when something stressful is coming at you, but also plan for it every 90 minutes. Also become a master of awareness of your own thoughts because 90% of the tension and overstimulation is actually perception driven. So you are completely empowered to change the way you see things and what you think most often in the perspective you see situations with. It's also essential for empaths to learn to express yourself, say what's on your mind, bottom line it, don't release the need for the backstory. Allow yourself to be heard, learn to say no, learn to go beyond all or nothing thinking and get creative to find a yes in the middle that doesn't drain your energy because you haven't given up your preferences. Then practice consciously energy shifting or gear shifting. Find a technique. When you transition from one situation to another, you don't, as an empath, you don't want to bring the energy of the other situation with you. 
So apply these parasympathetic nervous enhancers when you're shifting from one thing for another. So for example, in the last while, homeschooling, a lot of you, in addition to running your business moms, you're homeschooling. Well, that's a very different energetic experience from doing your work at home. So when you go from one to the other, take five minutes in between to proactively release energy from the one activity before you dive into the next. You could stretch, you could dance, you could play music. Again, it's any of these same rituals, but doing it intentionally to shift gears. Then at night, be sure to clear your aura before you go to bed. Take a shower, take a bath, do some self-massage with an aromatherapy oil, journal to release thought energy, breath work. I love, obviously I've mentioned it several times, something to release anything that is still in your aura before you go to bed. And a last quick mention, empaths benefit greatly from having pets. Cats, dogs, horses, birds, any animal. Animals are masters of circulating energy. And they, they, I mean, horses, especially I use horses in our retreats for equine therapy. And the beautiful thing about a horse is a horse can take an energy that comes in from an external source, whether it's a mountain lion coming over the hill or you or me <laughs> and our, our funky energy at the moment, it can take it in and just put it right into the ground and ground it and release it so naturally, so automatically. You don't have to train a horse to do that. They do that. And so they're masters of circulating energy really quickly. Therefore, we see animals as being energetically pure. So spend time with them. It's been studied and proven. It reduces anxiety and overwhelm and really helps you not be so inundated by the energetic imprint of your own thoughts, of beliefs, of emotions. A University of Helsinki study found that empaths feel a stronger connection with dogs and have the ability to infer meaning from the facial expressions of dogs more strongly than others, which is pretty interesting. So as I come to a close here, as an empath, feel your emotion, be with that emotion long enough for it to expand you, for you to see that you get to the other side. And when you come back to it later, like these things might be happening throughout the middle of the day, but you could come back to it later and bring curiosity and actually come back to a meditation on a particular emotion. Maybe you were feeling resentment during the day and you transmuted it as quickly as you could because you've got to go on about your business of the day. Later that night, come back and meditate on that feeling of resentment and start to ask your highest intuition, your higher self, where did that come from? What message does it have for me? What would you have me know about resentment? If you do that piece, especially this final piece, you will find direction in your business and your career. You will learn to know how to solve problems and, and what direction to go. And it's a knowing that is feeling what is for you and not. It's not intellectual knowing. It's a feeling of what is for you and what is not. You'll learn to discern fear from guidance. So are you an empath? <laughs> well, you decide. 
You decide if that word serves or if you'd rather look at it as experiencing empathic energy, but know that experiencing empathic energy can be an extreme advantage. It's actually being emotionally tuned in as long as you learn to guide the vibration, transmute what's beneficial and guide yourself to the frequency and the vibration that is in your best interest and truly serves all. So remember, the ego loves to explain and categorize human experience with an ulterior motive of separation and division so that it can feel superior or inferior or right. Embrace the fact that you're a spiritual being having a human experience and that you are energy and you learn to feel energy and transmute it without attaching to it or making it mean something or even identifying with it. You'll use it simply to inform your next step and you'll begin to clearly see directions as new uh, uh, situations as neutral and feel your way into a direction that helps you create what you're here to create, helps you be in the world and not of it. I work with all kinds of impasse. I work with those totally tuned out to the gift because it was just too painful all the way to those who are like painfully aware of it in every circumstance. And what I know for sure is when you learn to direct this energy, there is no stopping you in terms of your success, the business you want to create, the impact you want to have on the world. So if you're interested in talking with me about working together, I'm going to also drop a link in for you to book an energy strategy call with me. Above all else, be gentle with yourself. Allow all of your emotions to be okay. Give yourself the time to feel and release. And I'll leave you with with a thought and a quote. Nikola Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, Think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Empathic experiences are energy. You are an energy being and a powerful creator of your own energetic experience. Energy never starts or stops. It just changes forms. You can choose and direct that form. I'll be with you on the next episode of I Am Vibrant.